Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. If you're joining us online, once again, let me say thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you'll join us in person one Sunday at 9.30 or 11 o'clock. But turn your Bible to Judges, the sixth chapter. We're going to be continuing with the series, Dating Destiny, and today we're going to be looking at one of the judges that God raised up, and his name is Gideon. Now, the whole theme of what's happening in the book of Judges is before Israel had a king, God would raise up a judge to lead his people, to deliver his people, to get them out of the mess they got themselves in. How many of you know sometimes you get yourself into a mess? We want to blame the devil sometimes, like the devil's after me. The devil didn't do it. You did it yourself because you made a bad choice, and now you are suffering from the consequence. But God is faithful enough that no matter whether you did it or the devil did it, he's more than enough. He's an ever-present help in time of need, and I'm thankful for his grace and mercy. And so when Israel got themselves into a problem because they turned their back on God and the enemy was able to come in and take over and oppress them they would cry out to God God would raise up a judge and the judge would help set them free and so that's the story of Gideon that we'll look at in Judges 6 we're going to start in the 11th verse and the Bible says now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah which belonged to Joash the Abizrite while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press to hide from the Midianites. So Gideon is hiding in a wine press, threshing his wheat because he's fearful if the Midianites find him, they'll come and steal what he's got. And so his fear has him in hiding. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Can you just say, God is with me? God is with me. And if God is with me, nothing could be against me. God shows up to Gideon in this place of hiding, this place of fear, this place of panic and worry and anxiety. And he says, hey, you're a mighty man of valor and I am with you. But Gideon says, please, sir, my Lord, if The Lord is with us. Why has all this happened to us? And where are all the wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, did the Lord not bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. See, Gideon doesn't understand what's going on. He's wanting to blame God. He's wanting to say, God, this is, it's your fault that we're in this mess, not understanding that they did it to themselves. God told them. Hey, I'll be your God and you'll be my people. And as long as you stay positioned in the proper place, I will bless you. I will take care of you. If an enemy comes, I will chase them away. I will be your victory. But if you remove yourself from me, if you forsake me, if you turn your back on me, then the enemy's going to be able to come in and oppress you. So if that happens, it's not my fault, Gideon. 
Are you following this? It's not my fault. It's your fault for getting out of position. And I just, I feel like right now, and this is a side note to the sermon, I feel like so many people around the world are going through things that they're going through because we have forsaken God. We read about the children of Israel through Scripture, Paul, and we think like, well, that doesn't make sense that they would set up idols and worship idols. You know, they watched God deliver them from Egypt. They watched God split the Red Sea. They watched God bring water from a rock. They watched God drop food from heaven. They watched God cause their clothes to grow on their backs. They watched God deliver them in a powerful way from Egypt. Why and how could anyone serve another God? And we place all kinds of judgment on Israel, not realizing that we too have set up idols in our life. It may not look like a little statue, it may not look like a, a beam, but it looks a lot like your hobbies. Hello? For some of us, it looks a lot like our career because an idol is anything that you place before the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you place anything before the Lord Jesus Christ, you move yourself out of the position he has placed you in as a son or a daughter and you come out from under his covering. You know, the other day I took my, I went to pick up my daughter from school and it was raining outside and I'm the only parent in the parking lot without an umbrella. And so we're all in the same conditions. We're all experiencing the same rain, but I'm the only one getting wet because I don't have any covering. Are you following me? It's the same thing with the presence of the Lord. We all go through life. We all face the same types of conditions, but some people are affected by the condition and some people are covered because they are positioned properly. It is important. It is vital that you stay in right relationship with the God, with God, the Lord Jesus Christ, his spirit, and you cannot allow anything, anything to take his place. You cannot allow anything to come before him Yet we have. We have all over this world, we've made everything and everyone more important than God. I, I don't want to dip down into your business too much or start stepping on your toes. But you know it's true if you really think about it. The things that you have given more of your time, effort, energy, finances to than the Lord Jesus Christ. We talk about honoring God with our wealth and you're thinking, well, I can't honor God with my wealth because I've already honored my God with my wealth. I'll, I'll move on since y'all are getting a little uncomfortable in this Pentecostal Presbyterian Baptist Methodist Church this morning. We're all of the above. <laughs> I can tell, tell y'all start, start puckering a little bit, start getting in your business. But it's okay, I, I've got things in my life too that I have exalted. And I've got to remember who I am and I've got to begin to bring those things down. And that's what's so good about God. It's never too late. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's never too late. Even though they had turned their back on God, when they called out to him, God responds. And now he's coming and he's finding Gideon in this wine press. And he starts to speak to him. And he says to Gideon, he says, I want you to go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. And Gideon responds and said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? How can I do it? 
Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Here's a good translation of that. My family's a bunch of sissies. And out of all the sissies I'm surrounded with, I'm the sissiest. You're calling me a mighty man of valor, but I don't feel like a mighty man of valor. I mean, think about this. I'm hiding from the enemy that you're telling me to go defeat. Please, God, you got the wrong person. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. The title of this message today is Don't Get Stuck in the Wine Press. Can you tell the person next to you, say, don't get stuck in the wine press. See, the wine press, to me, when I think about it, represents the wrong place. It's not where you are called to be. And what causes you to get stuck in these positions is not understanding who you are. You don't have a clear picture of your identity. And if you have a misinformed identity, you can derail your destiny. Are you hearing that? If you have a misinformed identity, you can derail your destiny. So many people miss out on what God has for them because they don't understand who they are and what he has already accomplished. If you have a misinformed identity, you'll derail your destiny. That's why when Jesus is tempted in the wilderness by Satan, the way Satan comes at him is he says, if you are the son of God, do this. What's he doing? He's trying to get Jesus to question his identity because he he knows if he can start to get him to question who he is and why he came, then he can completely derail his destiny. So when we talk about dating our destiny, it's important for us to understand who we are. It's important to understand that we have a purpose. It's It's important to understand that we have value. It's important to understand that before we were formed in our mother's womb, God knew us. All these things are important because they'll shape the way we live. We want to have a proper identity because if our, proper, if our identity is proper, our destiny will flourish. If our identity is proper, our destiny will flourish. Uh, yesterday I was at the uh, gardening department of our local home improvement store, which I don't visit very often, but for your sake, I went to the gardening department and I came across uh, these right here and I I wanted to buy them because I thought it would be helpful for the sermon today. But for those of you who can't see, maybe you're not positioned in a a good place in the building or maybe you're watching online and you can't see from there what these are. Can you, Kara, can you just help us out? What what is that? It's a cucumber. She said it's a cucumber and this is a carrot. Um, You're wrong. (laughs) <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's, that's what I would think too. It, there you go. It says a carrot. It says a cucumber, but really all that is is a picture of a carrot. Labeled carrot. You, you couldn't really eat this. You, you follow what I'm saying? It's not the actual carrot. It's not the actual cucumber. But you actually answered the question the way I wanted you to answer it. It's the way that I would have answered it too when I first thought about it. Because this is not actually the cucumber nor the carrot. It's just a picture. Are you following me? This is just a picture and a description of what this can become if it's planted in the proper place at the proper time. It is not the actual carrot, but it carries the potential of a carrot inside of it. Are you following what I'm saying? 
So the picture, Kara was able to know what was in it based upon the picture and the description. But if I were to do this, now Kara, you gotta pretend that you never saw the picture nor the description. If I did this and said, hey, what's that? You would say it's a seed, but what kind of seed? Oh, I have no idea. Why do you have no idea? Because there's no picture and there's no description. And so a lot of times in our life, we miss out on the fulfillment of what God wants to do because we don't understand what's in us. We don't have a picture. Are you following this? We don't have a picture of who we can become in Christ Jesus. All we see is this, and we think that looks meaningless. We think that looks insignificant. That looks like not much. I mean, do you like carrots, Kara? So if you don't like carrots, you sure as heck wouldn't want to eat that, right? Are you following me? And so we miss out on who we can become because, hear this, we don't have a picture of it. We don't know what it is. We can't identify it because we haven't seen it yet. That's what's going on with Gideon. He's in a wine press hiding from an enemy that he was created to destroy. Not because he didn't have the potential to destroy them, but because he had not seen a picture of who he is. And so God comes to him and says, hey, you're a mighty man of valor. I'm going to use you to do great things. But Gideon has a hard time grasping it because all he can see is I'm weak. I'm nothing. I'm worthless. That was his perspective on his life and because his perspective was wrong it caused him to be in the wrong place he's in the wine press because bad perception will alter your position bad perception will alter your position good perception will alter your position so the big idea is your perception of a thing or of yourself will determine the position that you're in. He's in hiding from the enemy he was created to destroy because he could not see who it was that God had designed him to be. Your perception, your perception, your perception will determine your position. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What's the point that God's trying to get to us? He's trying to show us in that, that scripture, it doesn't matter what the truth is about you. The truth will not determine your position. Your perception will determine it. Your perception of who you are will determine your reality. If you think you are a loser, you will always lose. If you think you are a failure, you will always find failure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This message is not the power of positivity. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about getting a picture of who it is that God has said I am. Lord, you're the creator and maker of my life. Who is it that you say that I am? Because I see worthless. I see helpless, but again, God steps to the scene and he says, I don't see it the way you see it. Oh, you're not hearing me this morning. I don't see it the way you see it. You're, 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 you are staring at your weakness. 
You're staring at your problem. You're staring at your inability. And because of that, you are creating for yourself a wine press that has trapped you. But I don't see it that way because I've got a different perspective than you because I know that I'm the one that formed you. And let me give you a picture, Gideon, of who you are. You are a mighty man. You are a mighty man. And now I want you to get beyond Listen, I want you to get beyond this wine press because there's something I've called you to do. And you may feel weak, but it's okay because I'll be your strength. See, the problem is when you try to rely on you, you'll always fail. That's the point of the gospel. You can't do it for yourself. You can't save yourself. You can't behave yourself into heaven. You can't earn your righteousness. It is surrendering to what Christ Jesus has done. And so that's why Paul has, is able to come to this revelation that, you know what? In my weakness, God, your strength is made perfect. I'm not relying on myself. I'm not relying on what I see. I'm relying on who you are. And if you are with me, then I'll be a mighty man. I'll be a mighty man. There's something about having God with you that just gives you a boldness and a confidence that you, you wouldn't have otherwise. I remember when I was a kid, there was this guy at our church. He was older than me. He was a teenager. I was just a little boy. And he thought he was something. He was the type of guy, he always wore sleeveless shirts to church. And he would sit there at the pew and he would use the pew to roll forward his muscles. You know, and he was always messing with the girls. He thought he was hot stuff. I didn't like him. I wasn't a Christian yet, so I was okay, it was okay for me to not. I didn't like this guy. But what am I gonna do about it? He's bigger than me. He's tougher than me. You know what I'm saying? But one day, I see him walking through the foyer of the church. And out of the corner of my eye, I caught my big brother walking through. And so I ran up, and I kicked him in the nuts as hard as I could, doubled him over. The guy grabs me, pins me against the wall, but I'm not panicking because guess who's in the room? My brother. And I know that Alan can step in and take care of business. It gave me a different confidence. See, you got to understand. <laughs> That's a true story. You got to understand that you can go kick the devil in the nuts. Sorry, you want to erase that from the, the live stream? You, it's too late. It's too late. It's there. You have the ability, but don't, listen, through this laughter, don't miss the point in this. You can because who is with you? And he's not going to let you fail. If he says go out and take the Midianites out because I'm with you, you better know for certain you're going to win because God does not lie. He's saying to you today, there is victory in your hand. I've created you for something great. Stop looking at the things around you. Stop looking at your past and all this stuff and start getting a picture of who I say you are because your perception will determine your reality. Before we go any further in this message, is anyone quitting the church because I said, <laughs> if you are, I do love you. I don't want you to leave, but I do know some pastors that won't say nuts in public. They'll wait till you're not around and they'll say something much worse. I grew up around pastors. I know. I know what they're saying and thinking. <laughs> but catch this. Are you with me? Your perception will determine your reality. 
There's a story I told one time at the church that I want to tell it again because it's, it's really a good thought along these lines of this, this message of a, a man that was going to move from Eastern Europe <laughs> to the United States to make a better life for him and his family. But he didn't have enough money to buy a ticket for the entire family to come over. So what he does is he saves up all the money he has. He buys a ticket for himself and he tells his family, I'm going to go ahead of you. I'll earn enough money to bring you over. But in the meantime, I'll go by myself. And so he saves up every penny he has and he invests almost everything he has to get this ticket to take him from Eastern Europe to the United States, it's going to be a 12-day journey. Problem is he doesn't have enough money left over for food. And so what he does is he goes to a local store and he buys a will of cheese and a box of crackers. And he determines how much he needs to ration out so that it will last him the entire 12 days of his journey. And so now he's on this boat, he's headed to the promised land, the place of, uh, of dreams, everything's going to be better once I get there. And so he's got his cheese and he's got his crackers. And from time to time, he would walk by the dining hall and he would peek through the window at the people eating, sitting there laughing, eating their steak, eating their lobster, jamming down on that molten lava cake. Anybody know about a molten lava cake? It's worth, it's worth the money just to get the molten lava cake. And they'll bring you another one if you want. Fat. But this guy, he's watching everyone else enjoy what he would like to enjoy, but he comforts himself with this will and cheese because that's, that's all I can afford. And so why get my hopes up or my appetite up over that when I can't have that? Well, as the time goes on, his crackers start to get stale and the cheese begins to get moldy, but that's all he's got. I mean, how many of you know you, you make do with what you got? And so he's eating his cheese and his crackers. And on the final day of their journey, he steps out on one of the balconies and he sees the Statue of Liberty, which if you've never been on a boat and seen the Statue of Liberty, it's an awesome sight. We did a cruise one time that landed in New York and we were able to come in and I was able to see the Statue of Liberty early in the morning. And I thought about the feelings my family must have had when they escaped persecution to come to a land of freedom, a place of hope, a, pl a, a place for new opportunities. And so this man, he sees this, it's a wonderful picture. And one of the attendants steps out and notices him. And he says, excuse me, sir, I, I can't help but to, to notice, I never saw you eating with us in the dining hall. Did we do something to offend you? The guy said, no, everything was fine. I just, I didn't have enough money to buy the food. So I've just been eating on my own and the attendant looks at him and says sir your ticket was all inclusive the purchase of your ticket included all the meals you could eat but this man didn't enjoy what was available because he didn't know what he had hear that he missed out on what was available because he didn't know 
what he already had. God has already given you everything you need for life and for godliness. Everything he has called you to do, the abilities, the talents, the resources, they are already inside of you. The problem is it's in seed form. And if you don't have a picture of it, you'll dismiss the seed and you'll settle for the cheese and the crackers. So what do I got to do? I've got to have a vision for my life. Somebody say a vision for my life. The Bible says where there is no vision, where there is no vision, the people perish. That's one translation of it. In other words, what it's saying is if you don't have a vision for your life, you'll die where you are because you can't see anything better. You can't see beyond the circumstance. You can't see beyond the wine press that you've placed yourself in. Another translation says where there is no prophetic vision, a God-centered vision for your life, people cast off restraint. What's that mean? You wander around aimlessly. You wander around aimlessly through life because you have no vision. If you have no vision, you have no direction. So you go through life, you, you exert a lot of energy, you do a lot of stuff, but you don't really get anywhere. You remain in the wine press because you have no vision for your life. So what does God do when he comes to Gideon? This man who is hiding from the enemy he was created to defeat, God begins to speak and paint a picture of who he is. You are a mighty man. You may not feel like it, but let me tell you who you were created to be, who you were designed to be. And today you need to hear this because some of you feel like a failure, but God says to you today that you're not a failure. God says that I created you and designed you in my image. You may feel worthless, but God is saying today you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are loved by God. You are chosen by God. You are called by God. You are worthy because he has made you worthy. You've got to start seeing it because if not, you'll settle for every wine press that comes along. Some of you settle for damaging relationships because you don't think you're worth better than anything else. Some of you never attempt to start the business that God has placed inside of you because you're too fearful of failure. Some of us never pursue holiness because we're too fearful of what will people think about me. What if my friends reject me because they don't understand? What if my girlfriend walks out on me because she doesn't understand my way of living and the moral standards that I have according to the word of God. What if, what if, what if? And all we're doing is we're building a wine press that we stay in and it becomes this excuse and it becomes this place that we feel like we're doing something. We're threshing the wheat, but we're not walking in our calling and our purpose because the calling and purpose of God is always outside of the wine press, outside of your opinion of yourself and inside of the vision that God has for you. Please hear me today. Stop living below your means. Start walking in the victory that God has made available to you through Christ Jesus, our Lord. It is a shame to know that Jesus Christ suffered and died on a cross so that we could have a life that we're not living. Oh, we'll make it to heaven. But we're not living a life of fruitfulness. Where's our peace? Where is our joy? Where is our strength? It's not there because we haven't realized who we are. And so every attack that comes our way, we just receive it. Well, that's just a part of life, or that's just this, that. Stop it. 
get a picture for your life. Get a vision for your life. That comes through the word of God. That comes through spending time with him in his presence, allowing him to start to show you, Jamie, you're more than you thought you were. People try to identify you based upon the things that you've been through or by the way you look or by the way you wear your hair or light thereof. That's what people try to do. They try to create this wine press for you to stay in. But God's saying there's more in you. There is more in you. You are beautiful. You are worth it. You are worthy. You are right now. If you have received Jesus Christ, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Some of the wine presses we live in is condemnation. We allow the enemy to come and tell us all the stuff that condemns us. And Jesus is saying, that's what he's saying. That's what you see, but you're free. You're free. That's the power of a vision. A vision helps you see beyond what is into what it can become. Are you hearing this? Vision allows you to see beyond what something is into what it can become become. If I took you outside right now, or or if you looked out that window right there and I said, you see that green thing, what is it? A lot of people would say, oh, it's a tree or it's a bush. That's your sight. But vision would say, well, that's a house. That's a table. That's a chair. That's a bed. That's a place. That's an orphanage. Are you see, are you, are you grasping what I'm trying to say to you right now? That's the power of having a vision for your life. You can look at something as it is and see what it can become. You can look at your relationship, your marriage, and see what it is, but you see what God said it can become. You can look at your finances and you see what it is, but you see what it can become. You look at your life that's just just falling apart and you feel like you're messing up left and right, but through Jesus Christ you can see what it can become. The past two weeks, we've been talking about the importance of having a focus. But what do we focus on? The vision. The vision. If you have no vision for your life, you'll die where you are. If you have no vision for your life, you will wander around aimlessly. What is the wine press you have created for yourself? It'll be different for everyone. What's the wine press you have created? What's what's the object standing in your way? And then here's another question. Why are you staying there? Why are you remaining stuck in the wine press? Well, pastor, you don't know where I came from. You don't know where my family came from. You don't know what my parents were like. You don't know what my grandparents were like. You don't know my family history. Those are all excuses to make you feel better about being where you are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Those are all excuses to make you feel better about being where you are. I am sick and tired of people making excuses for why they are where they are and why they're being held back and why they can't. Listen to me. Did you know that somebody can take the very very same hand you've been dealt and win with it? When I was a kid, I used to love to play Monopoly. Anybody like Monopoly? And I would just destroy everybody. I I don't even play Monopoly anymore. Because I just, I want to be a loving, compassionate person. And something happens when I get Monopoly, man. I just start, I mean, I'll destroy you in Monopoly. And so I play with my cousins and I always beat them. And one day my cousin got frustrated. He said, you're beating me because of the properties you have. And so I said, say what? I said, I have Boardwalk and Park Place. And if you know anything about Monopoly, that's, those are the two you want. 
And so he's complaining. He's like, you, you got this. That's why you're winning. I said, okay. I said, let's switch properties. So I did a complete switch with him. I gave him all my properties and I took all of his properties. But I started looking at some of those insignificant properties that are on there, the ones that nobody really wants to buy, that they, they only buy it because they had to, they landed on it and there was no better choice. I started looking at those things and thinking, I can build some houses. I can turn those houses into hotels. And I did it. I started developing every single property I had on the board. And every time he came around, he'd have to pay me some money. And I started making money hand over fist on him. And he started getting mad. Finally, I got him to this place. I got him to this place where he felt hopeless and he didn't have enough money to pay his rent. And you know what I did? Because I didn't want the game to end. I like to torture you. Like I want to drive this home that I am better than you at Monopoly. I didn't want the game to end. And so instead of just allowing him to go bankrupt, I said, I'll tell you what, bro, I'll forgive all your debt if you'll just give me Boardwalk and Park Place back. I took the same hand he was dealt and I won with it. You have that choice. You do know that, right? You can live with the excuse and create the wine press or you can say, I'm coming out. My dad may have been this way, but I'll be different. My parents' marriage may have been this way, but mine will be different. My family never had this, but I will. Are you following what I'm saying? The choice is yours. Don't allow anyone to determine the contents of your envelope. God has already predetermined who you can become. He's already placed the seed inside of you. He's already labeled it and has a picture available for you. You just got to tap in and begin to see it. And that's what I want to pray today. I want to pray that as you're watching right now or you're listening to the podcast, that God would begin to paint a picture on the canvas of your heart of who it is that he has called you to be. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would move. We ask that you would touch hearts and lives. God, show them who it is that you've created them to be and what they can become. No longer will we live below the means that you've made available. But Lord, we declare that we are more than enough because you are more than enough. We have more than enough because you have made it available. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.